0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro.
1: Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I am your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, just want to thank our sponsors, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.crayton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode of Explore the Space is Dr. Ankita Sagar. Dr. Sagar is an assistant professor of medicine and director of ambulatory quality who, in her work, in her leadership, has had an extraordinary impact on my personal mindset around physicians and medical students registering to vote. And in this episode, we discuss her advocacy in helping physicians, medical students, healthcare professionals break through some really deep-seated ideas about our role in the voting process, the barriers that have previously existed and how we move through those, as well as some good granular information about the how and where to get registered. This is critical stuff. It is late at night on Wednesday, August 26th, and it has been a day that has been extraordinarily difficult and painful in so many ways. It's important that we acknowledge that. It's important to call out the sadness, the pain, the fear, the frustration, the anxiety that we're all carrying. There are so many different reasons for it, but just know that in this space, on this podcast, you're seen, you're heard. Know that on this podcast, we will continue to work towards equality, safety, helping all to see the Black Lives Matter, continuing to elevate those who work towards the right kind of change, and acknowledging that an important step on the broad swath of important steps that we need to take together is for all who are eligible to register to vote. The election is just over two months away. There is a presidential election. There are Senate seats, House of Representatives seats, and down ticket races across the country. They all matter. They all need you to pull the lever if you are eligible to do so. Among so many other things, today, August 26, 2020, is the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, and it's important that we acknowledge that passage of time and the extraordinary implications of that amendment. We can and must support each other in the work. There is much work. There is no alternative but to step forward and to do the work, and part of taking that step is making sure you are registered to vote and Helping to ensure those around you who are eligible to vote are registered, and helping to ensure those around you who may not be sure if they're eligible take the right steps and are supported in time, space, energy, and attention to ensure that they know if they're eligible and then registering to vote. There are tremendously important references in this episode. They are all linked in the show notes. Please take the opportunity to look at the show notes and click on the links that are relevant to you, but certainly a critical one is www.vote.org. And so without further ado, Dr. Ankita Sagar. Ankita, welcome to Explore the Space. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, Mark, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm glad you're here because... Gosh, it was probably six, nine months ago, something like that. Never met you. Never heard your name before. Our paths had not crossed. Acknowledging that the field of medicine is small, you and I just still – were we were that two, maybe three degrees of separation apart and we hadn't kind of unlocked it yet. The There was a post that you put up on social media and it was around physicians – politics, voting, and advocacy, and I loved it. And I remember I sent you a direct message and said, what are you doing? What are you up to? What What is this? Let's go back a little bit. What were you working on in that time and space? Do you remember what was happening where I reached out? I was like, what, what on earth? What is this?
0: Absolutely. I remember the day because I had been following your show for quite some time at the And when I received your direct message, it took me a second to really think through. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is this really Mark Shapiro direct (laughs) messaging me? Um, So it was it's it's a hallmark moment for me. So I remember it very clearly. And at that time, we had just wrapped up our residency's health policy week and our end to that week is a debate on a healthcare hot topic. And because it's a presidential election year, we decided we're going to debate um, a national healthcare program and what the benefits and short change ideas for it. And one of our key takeaway message was that we really wanted every resident and trainee And medical student to go out there and register to vote if they're eligible to vote so that was our last slide that I had posted and I was so glad you got to see it because I got to finally talk to you about it which is amazing
1: so it was this idea that at the end of a presentation doesn't matter what the subject matter is doesn't matter what the topic is the last slide thank you here's how to email me register to vote it blew my mind. I had never seen something like that in a, you know, like a morning report talk or a noon conference talk or something. It just, that, that's how m- far the divide was in the way I kind of came up in medicine and the training that I got. Doesn't mean that I don't vote. Doesn't mean that I'm not registered to vote. Doesn't mean I don't think it's important, but it just okay. wasn't part of the, the narrative within the profession of medicine. And to see it like that, it was, it was. It wasn't even an affirmation yet because I wasn't doing it. It was almost like a permission that this is okay, this is important, and this is how to do it.
0: Exactly, and I grew—I kind of grew up in the same system as you did. That we don't necessarily talk about the civic engagement of voting, and I really thought a lot about putting that last slide in uh, because of two reasons. One is the idea that, you know, where does politics and election cycle fit into the conversation of healthcare? And the other idea was that was I going to be censored by my health system for putting it out there? Yeah. Um, Glad to say both of those things were very well received. um, And I'm actually very happy that uh, it came across with the intention that was behind it is to really make it okay to talk about the cycle of voting in our healthcare system.
1: Hearing that there was no reprisal is good to hear, but also hearing that you were afraid of it that's affirming because for me and I would say for generations before me in in terms of my training we didn't discuss these things. We weren't educated on them formally. It was very much something that was outside of the, you know, the hallowed halls of wherever we went to medical school or whatever, you know, castle on the hill we did our training in. Yeah. This stuff, there was, there's a real disconnect there. There was a real cognitive dissonance there and it's lasted for generations. And it's, it's, it's had a, it's had a terrible impact on our ability to do what we, what we aspire to do. The fact that we are so disengaged from our policy systems and our advocacy systems and finding the opportunities where we can do it and still, you know, kind of follow the codes and ethos of our profession and live up to the highest ideals of our profession. One of the things that for me, at least, and I'll just, this is speaking personally, and I'm really curious to know what you think about this. And I think other people are going to have their own response. There was a subtle message that if you did these things, if you spoke about, voting, if you spoke about public health, if you spoke about social issues, there was that fear of reprisal. There was that fear that you were going to harm your career and, pal, you're just getting started, so just don't.
0: I think you're right on point. It is. It's just like a hidden message underneath everything that we were kind of trained to think about and the way that we approached. Um, That, you know, you kind of have to go with the grain and talking about policies or even a hint towards politics is something that may, may may not be looked upon favorably for your career prospects. Absolutely, I agree with
1: you. So then what helped you? Because people no one is immune to the political system in the united states and it's not something you should be immune from right it's not a it's not a pathology it's part of living in in a functioning society it's part of our civic responsibilities for you as a physician you said you had to spend some time thinking about putting a slide on the end of a talk that says register to vote and had a link. When you say it out loud, it doesn't sound like much, but I can imagine the cogitation and and anxiety that that triggered for you. What were the levers that you pulled that made you say, I'm going to do this. This is why this is how I'll rationalize it. If somebody calls me out, this is how I'm going to kind of defend it. What were those steps that you took? Because I would submit there are legions of people who are right on that same kind of place and are ready to step forward, but they maybe aren't quite sure how. So what were the things that helped you on that road? I think that's a great question
0: because it helps to think about what was going through my mind and how others can prepare if they want to kind of think about a similar process. So first thing I thought of was who is my audience member, right? Um, Is my audience member like all of my deans of the medical school or is it going to be learners? And because I knew it was going to be majority learners with a few faculty sprinkled in, I, I felt comfortable enough to say, even if there's a conversation about it, I would be happy even if it doesn't go in the direction I would like it to go, it's a step forward. The second thing that went through my mind was the idea of the Hippocratic Oath, right? That um, the modern Hippocratic Oath actually includes a clause that says, I am a member of this community and I have to be a responsible member of this community to me, i I used that as my foundation for putting the slide in, that by taking that oath, I was going to be looked upon to stand up and be civically engaged and encourage that of all of my other trainees and colleagues. So I was using that as a as a foundation.
1: Was there a moment? where the light switch went off and you were like, I'm good, I'm done? Or was it right up until the moment were you, were you wondering or thinking back and forth, is this the right way to go?
0: Um, so one of the things I did, so I had completed my slide deck and yeah. when we started and we were coming towards the end of the debate, I looked to see if there were a couple people audience, right? So one was the medical director of our hospital because they're known to kind of drop in. Awesome. And the other one was my chairman. Yes. And the third one was my the program director of residency. And really I was looking to those three because they are I'm very fortunate to have such a support in those three people that I knew that if if it was it did not come out with the intention it meant to, I could apologize and explain what my intention was. Because Had they not been there, I think I would be actually a little less keen on showing the slide. But I think having their buy-in from the get-go that this is a curriculum that is meant to inspire advocacy and activism in our residents. I think we were, I was good. It was the last minute. Once I put this slide up, I was like, oh, this is great. I will now use this always, which is what I have done since then. Here's my last slide of every deck.
1: And so we know that success will beget success and so you get that really good neurotransmitter surge, this worked, this was received in the way I intended and I feel strongly about it how has that helped inform your advocacy road since then? It was February of of 2020. What's different for you now? How do you look at the idea of physician as advocate? Do you look at it the same? Is it different? Are you doing things differently now? Is there more or does it feel like, Hey, I did this and this is where I'm going to stay for a while and really press on it.
0: I think in February of 2020, nobody could have imagined what we as a nation, as a world, kind of went through in the next six months. That brings us to here. And I think had you asked me this question in February 2020, I may have said that I was happy with where we were. And that's where I would just kind of stop and concentrate my efforts. But seeing everything Unfolds over the last six months, one of the things that has clearly been very evident is the idea that physicians and clinicians in general must be more civically engaged. We we need to talk about our civic engagement. We need to talk about policies and in a very supportive and non-obtrusive, non-judgmental form so that we can bridge gaps that is a that are significantly affecting patients and ourselves as a community of providers. So I am I am continuing to move on to that channel of communication, and that's what I'm hoping that we can get to, is the idea that it is okay to talk about policies and it is okay to talk about advocacy and to even debate on those topics within the medical community.
1: And as you've expanded your work on that over the past six months, are you finding a rising tide of people joining you? Do you still feel like the numbers are about the same? Are you meeting increased or unexpected resistance? Is it some sort of mixed bag?
0: Overall, I think it's been very um, gratifying. And what yeah. it's been very gratifying is because people often say, oh, wow, I didn't think I could do this. It was like I, like you said, just by having the conversation, we were giving each other permission to be engaged. and You can feel- put me
1: in that category. I didn't think I could do that. I mean, you're the, I it, it was too. that slide. I was like, what, what is this?
0: Right. And I'm so glad to hear that because I think it's. It kind of resounds the idea that what we did in medical school by taking our oath and saying we're going to be physicians, we inherently want to be active and yeah. engaged. Yeah. Um, and if if putting up this slide gives permission to people and makes them feel excited to be engaged, I am happy for anybody to take that slide and copy it. <laughs>
1: right, so right, right. You at all. <laughs> Right. And so what are the things that you are finding to be effective that physician engagement around civic activities, what are the places that you feel like it's effective and it's important? And I would say starting from the place of voting, not specifically endorsing a candidate, though, if somebody chooses to do that, they are perfectly within their rights to do so. But this idea of encouraging people to register to vote Do you feel like physicians have a greater than expected role to play there?
0: Absolutely. And I think I go back to science and evidence, right? So there is a great study by um, Grande and colleagues from 2016 that was published in Society of General Internal Medicine that looked at the engagement level of clinicians And what they found was that clinicians, or physicians, I should say, are nine percentage points less likely to register or to actually vote compared to the general population. And we're 22% less likely than lawyers.
1: Wow.
0: Right? (laughs) That doesn't
1: explain a lot.
0: Exactly. So just the idea of even the first step of registering to vote is a big barrier that we must cross before we can even think about getting to the idea of like endorsing a candidate. And I think that game.
1: that's... That's an important distinction, too, because the way I took your slide and your message, this wasn't you walking into a patient's room and handing them a pamphlet that says, here's how to register to vote. That's a separate conversation as to how we can do that effectively. You're encouraging your physician colleagues to register to vote, acknowledging the gap that you just pointed out. We're not doing it. We're not living up to our own individual civic responsibilities by registering to vote and either filling out our ballot absentee or going to a polling place and turning one in. We're we're way behind.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it begs the question, why are we so behind? We are otherwise very motivated individuals and a group that can rally around a patient care case or the right thing to do in the world. I was really curious to know the reasons why we have such a low rate of engagement in the voting process. And, um, you know, thankfully, Gronda and colleagues also published a wonderful idea and opinions piece in the annals same year, really highlighting five reasons why. And um, we've created this infographic that we can share with everybody, but to me, the most striking things on those five reasons why physicians may not engage is one lack of peer or role modeling in civic engagement. So the fact that we don't talk about it. And the second is our, our dedication and commitment to clinical work outweighs our desire to actually engage in the electoral process. And I feel like those are two reasons where we could make a change. Um, We can't change the electoral process maybe, we can't change the overall impression that people may have of how important their vote is, but we can definitely communicate more about it and we can definitely find a way to get people to the polls or use absentee ballots to get their vote in.
1: I think that you identify a very easy barrier for us to surmount in all of that. In addition to the cognitive dissonance and the fear and the disengagement, we are in a profession where on election day, it's a weekday, it's not a vacation. And even if it was technically a national holiday, that wouldn't necessarily impact like clinic schedules and certainly wouldn't impact a hospital. It's hard to step away to actually go vote on the day, but This is where education is so important. We actually have the tool where you can have your ballot sent to your home and you can fill it out at your convenience before Election Day. And as long as it's postmarked before Election Day, your vote will count. I never once heard that in a lecture in medical school or residency. That is Not good. We need to be informing one another that, hey, you better pay your taxes. You got to manage your student loans. Here's how to negotiate a contract. Here's how to vote absentee because you know what? On election day, you might be in the OR or you might have a shift in the emergency department or you might be in clinical day. Here's what absentee voting looks like. And Oh, by the way, if somebody ever says it doesn't work or it's cheating or you shouldn't do it because it's corrupt or what that's wrong, here's the process by which your vote is carefully vetted, barcoded, and counted that doesn't exist in our profession yet and it it's actually really really frustrating to hear myself say that out loud <laughs>
0: You got it. Exactly. The idea that we could actually have and we should have this conversation with our earliest trainees, like year one of medical school, because you know what? Maybe you have a, your anatomy exam. On yeah, election that's day. that's right.
1: That's right. But if your dean of your medical school were to say to you, hey, listen, you may not be able to go to the polling place on election day at this medical school. You vote for who you want to. That's your choice. But we encourage you to make sure you vote. And here's how we'll facilitate it. If you want to come to the office, we'll pass out. your If you need a letter, if you want the letter to sign up absentee, hey, by the way, here's the link for signing up absentee. Here's how you do it. If they could integrate that and then give students the autonomy, you know, look, we're not going to ask you who you vote for. That's up to you. That's your call. What we want you to do is to vote. And that's part of your responsibility as a physician. And oh, by the way, we're also going to role model it for you, too
0: amazing I would sign up with that medical school today right? <laughs>
1: yeah totally and that would have been anathema at my medical school that would not have happened
0: and I think it's such a it's such a proud moment in in just academia the fact that we are at least starting this conversation yeah we're making yeah. it okay um, which to your point you and I went to medical schools where this conversation would never even take place within the boundaries of a medical school right let alone an important part of an academic lecture
1: it wasn't part of my residency and it wasn't part of the jobs that i've had outside of my training and i would say most physicians in the united states would probably say the same thing
0: yeah and meanwhile you know i think it's it's so important that we we take those few minutes just to make sure that our one of our prime votes is completed
1: Where have you met resistance? You must have gotten some, right? This isn't all coming on Explore the Space and I'm clapping it up and and we're all, there must have been resistance along the way and I imagine lots of people who've blazed this trail have met resistance. Where have you experienced resistance and what are the things that have helped you move through it?
0: I think one of the resistance that is very evident is we're trying to influence a group of people to vote a certain way. And what I try to clarify is the messaging is not about who to vote for. That is your decision, that's a personal decision. You are welcome to make on your own. But the idea that it's important to just register to vote so your voice is counted. And the clarification of that message needs to happen time and time again. The second point where some resistance has been found is I came up with this roadmap of how to get our division, our department ready to get people to the polling places was the idea that if you provide coverage for an hour or two for a colleague to go vote, then that colleague may not go vote and they might just go you know, play hooky from work. And to me, it was very interesting because it goes to the to the same argument that if you give somebody a day off, they're not actually going to take the day off. They're just going to go about doing nothing. I don't, I think... Time and time again, studies have shown when you give people the option of taking time to do something that is both personally and professionally important, they will do the right thing. Very few percentage of people will not do the right thing. So providing coverage for your colleagues or your friends or for your division members is is something that I've definitely found resistance to, but it's worth the conversation to be had because there are ways around it. Definitely. If you need to get somebody to the polling place, there's ways around it.
1: And that's where I think, a uh... A, a program or a division or an effective leader can be very effective. It's to say, look, as a division, let's really all try to vote. Uh, here's the ways to do it. We're an emergency department. It's really hard for us to cover one another. And on the days that you're off, we want you to be off kind of restoring yourself and doing whatever it is that you need to do. So let's all vote absentee. Here's the here's the link.
0: Right, exactly. Let's
1: take five minutes exactly. out of our division meeting. Everybody get on your phone. Here's the link. Let's all register. And when you're done, we'll continue the meeting, you know, and I think that that kind of mindset would be really, really interesting to inculcate, but we're not there yet. We're we're barely even starting. If I, if you were, if I had been in that lecture hall and you would said at the end of your talk, and I don't even know what the talk in the middle of February that you gave was, but at the end it says, here's how to vote. Here's where you go to register. If you go to vote.org right now, let's all do it together. I'd have lost my mind. Because that would have been so far beyond anything that I've ever experienced in this profession. And I'd have lost my mind, A, with excitement and also because of, boy, have we been missing an opportunity for decades. Because it's not encouraging people to vote for a specific candidate. It's just encouraging them to live up to what is, as you said, in the modern Hippocratic Oath, you have a responsibility to be civically engaged.
0: Exactly. You, I think you summarized it so well. The idea of leadership being innovative and saying, I can't get my troops to the polls, I will bring the polls to them.
1: Totally. Yeah. And and that is all there. And I can't wait for you to run a department and you to run a, a, a medical group because you'll do that. But I'll ask you another question. Would you ever run? Would you ever run for office?
0: So this is something actually my friends and I have talked about. So I'm from New York State and New York State Assembly and Senate do not have physicians representing them in the Senate or the Assembly.
1: Uh Go on!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the idea that we don't have physicians representing us, but they're passing legislation that affects the most intimate forms of patient care is mind-boggling. And To even think about running for political office is so far from what we're trained to do that I don't even think it's crossed my mind. (laughs) Really? Would we ever?
1: Interesting. Until I I asked you or did it come up before. before this conversation?
0: It's probably come up once because we had somebody run in a very small district in Long Island, who was a physician. And I told them, I was like, I a hundred percent support you. And I hope okay. you get there for us. Okay. Um, clearly they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I, you know, you really have to pause and think about it as a physician. Even I have to pause and think about it because it comes back to the same reasons that we cite for not engaging in the voting process. The idea that my clinical expertise and my clinical responsibilities outweigh my desire to change the electoral process or change a a much larger legislation. But I think it's something that we're, we're going to see more often. I think our newer generation of trainees and physicians are more engaged. And I do imagine them running for office and they will need our votes to get there. So
1: That's right. That's that right. I keep a list of people who I would like to see run for office. And I will just share with you that since I saw that lecture slide in February twenty twenty, you've been on that list ever since. Just from that oh alone.
0: Yes. Wow, what a compliment. Thank you. Thank so you.
1: I you, would just submit I would just submit to you, you are exactly the kind of person with the exact kind of mindset as a physician that I would like to see taking that mantle of political leadership if and when it feels right to you. But you're on you're on my own list. And I think a lot of people kind of like to what would be my fantasy team of physicians that run for office that would win and that I would support. And it's yeah, it's a good list. It's a very, very good list. You're on it.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you because I think you're very thoughtful and you are very um, both innovative but also realistic in what can be achieved in the near future and what we can dream for. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. We are coming up on an election. It feels like, for me, the most important election of my lifetime. (laughs) What is happening sort of in, in your mindset around this level of engagement? Is it is it go time? Is the work done? Is it somewhere in the middle?
0: I think it's go time. Um, so in my mind, the deadline that I'm looking at is not so much November 3rd. It's actually September 3rd of 2020, which is just two weeks away, believe it or not, right? Um, now, the reason I'm using September 3rd is because that's going to be two months before our election. And if we need to register in time, that is our deadline. We want to get everybody, as many people registered by September 3rd so that if we request absentee ballots, people can get them mailed out in time to be counted. So we I'm really thinking this is going to be a very hefty 2 to 4 weeks coming up for us to really get everybody, as many people as possible registered.
1: And when people come to you and say, what are the resources, where do I go, what, are, what do I share, what do I do, what buttons do I click to register, where do you send them? Because obviously we'll put all these links in our show notes, but it's also good to say it out loud. You have a lot of expertise in this. Where do you route people so that they can make sure that they register correctly and then are able to vote?
0: Vote.org, so that's V-O-T-E.org, is a phenomenal resource. As soon as you get to their homepage, you're going to have the option to check whether you're registered or to register to vote or to even request an absentee ballot um, if you've registered previously. So they've really done an amazing job in pooling resources. They also have a hotline number for the day of the polls. So if you are running into problem and you're trying to poll in person that day you can call the hotline number and they will guide you on what to do
1: the vote.org website really is wonderful I love it because right at the top it says register to vote this will take two minutes If you do that you boom you're done it is. It's so quick. It's so easy. The, the only barrier, I think, for physicians and, and healthcare professionals is that cognitive dissonance of I am somehow above this or I somehow shouldn't do this. And I think that's where your voice and so many other voices and just the sheer volume of other physicians saying you should do this. We support you doing this. You will not get in trouble for doing this. This is the right thing to do. This is part of fulfilling your Hippocratic Oath. Is just critically, critically important.
0: This is probably the most precious two minutes that you can spend on completing your Hippocratic oath. I love
1: okay. it. That's that's the, that's where we got to stop. That's, that's just too good. We will have links to all of this in the show notes. We will have links for where you go to register to vote. We'll have a link for how you can, once you've confirmed that you're registered, how to vote absentee, if that is your choice. We'll have... The, the slide that you've used that if people want to borrow it, as you said, like this is all open source stuff that we encourage people to do it. Registering to vote and taking part in the voting process is part of our responsibility as physicians. You are a role model for me. You, you completely changed my mindset six months ago. I am so delighted to get to speak to you about this. How do people find you if they like to follow you, if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Where can people find you and follow you?
0: Uh, So I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Sagar underscore Ankita. So I'm very easy to find and I'm hoping that we continue this conversation for many months and years to come because it's important.
1: It's absolutely important. This was a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much for everything. We will have links to all of this in the show notes. And Ankita, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me and taking the time. I really appreciate it.
1: My thanks once again to Dr. Sagar for coming on this episode of Explore the Space and sharing the road that she's been on and the tools that we need to overcome barriers around registering to vote and also giving us the tools to actually go forth and register. This is critical stuff. Please share it and please be sure if you are eligible that you register to vote and please be sure that you check in with your friends, family and loved ones to make sure anyone who is eligible registers to vote in the upcoming election. Thank you also to our sponsors in this episode, Lori Bedke and Creighton University. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA program and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. You can find me on social media at ets show on twitter you can email me anytime market explore the space show please do check out the archive of explore the space at www.explorethespaceshow.com and you can find the show wherever you'd like to download your podcasts please do subscribe and leave us a rating and a review as we move forward together remember wear your masks maintain physical distancing wash your hands take care of yourselves we will be back soon with episode 200 we'll see you then bye-bye
0: thank you for listening to explore the space